these lessons, brothers and sisters, are starting to climb in their numbers. People are watching these lessons, brothers and sisters. And uh, I'm just so excited. I thank God. All praise is due to him. Uh, let's see. Let's pull this thing up. The Greatest Story Never Told, part two. There we go. All right, we got it up. And so let's go ahead and pray into tonight's lesson. We ask those who are on that you begin to share the lesson. And we want to thank you in advance and say we appreciate you. Share this lesson to the groups in which you belong to. Let's see. Such as what I'm doing right now. I want to say peace and blessings. <laughs> Sister Key said, hi, mom. Uh, that's so cute. Y'all cute. Sister Krista Wells is in the building. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see what I what I just what did I do? I don't know what's wrong with my screen. Why is this small? I don't know what I did with my screen. Let me see. Remove. Okay, I can remove it. There we go. Now we blowing it back up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Truth hour. Are you guys sharing this? <laughs> we need you to share this lesson. There you go. So let's go ahead and get ready to share this to the groups. And uh, we appreciate for those who have been uh, sharing this lesson for us as well. Jesus came in the flesh before Mary. Jesus came in the flesh before Mary. The greatest story never told, <clears throat> part two. All right. If you haven't done so already, let us know where you are watching, tuning in from. Sister Angelina Whaley, peace and blessings to you. I saw Sister Krista Wells. Sister Lynn Lowe, peace and blessings to you. Sister Linda Israel, peace and blessings to you. Sister Krista Wells tuning in um, from North Carolina. Sister, let's see who else we got on here. Helen Beasley, I believe she's in Griffith, Griffith Indiana. Is it, I'm sorry. Helen Broswell, did I say Beasley? I think we have a Helen Beasley too. Viola Rogers, let us know where you are tuning in from and watching from. Peace and blessings to all of you all. Where are the brothers at on the line? Where are the brothers at? Wave your hands. Also send some stars. There the stars are supposed to support the show. I don't know if it actually does it or not, but that's what I'm told. So send some stars if there's any stars down there at the bottom. And let's see what's going on. Also, I want to thank you all for sending your donations in for the coat drive that we're doing um, here in Chicago. And um, some of the sisters did send some donations for the coats. We did receive your donation. We want to say thank you. And we're still accepting donations for the coat drive if you're in the Chicagoland area. Um, then let's link up so you can give me some of the coats that you have in your closet that you have not been wearing. Chicago is a cold, cold city in multiple ways, brothers and sisters. So we definitely need your support for the homeless or for our brothers and sisters experiencing homelessness, I should say, here um, and, and everywhere. So we want you all to start doing some, some drives where you are too. Again, start doing some drives where you are too, so that we can um, bless our brothers and our sisters who are out there struggling during this winter season. I know some of you all don't have winters like we have winters here in Chicago, but you do have some winters where you are and it does get cold. 
So let's get ready to start this lesson. I think I've shared it to enough pages. I need you all to do the rest, but let's go ahead and get into tonight's lesson, The Greatest Story Never Told, part two. Jesus came in flesh before Mary. We're gonna show you when that was. And um, Jesus was always here, he just didn't go by that name. So let's stand up, face Jerusalem, get into our prayer. Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we come before you on this Tuesday. We say thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for blessing us, for being so graceful, so merciful, Father God, for us in our lives. Father God, there are those of us who are dealing with illnesses, health issues, um, sicknesses, grieving over uh, loved ones who passed away. Father God, we ask that you bless them and comfort them and cover them um, with your Holy Spirit, Father God. Father God, we ask that you bless tonight's lesson, Father God, so that those who are watching and listening will get a chance to know you according to your word and for themselves, Father God. Father God, you said that in the Son, you are, and you are in the Son, and the Son is in you. So the more we get to know the Son, the more we get to know you, Father God. So bless tonight's lesson so that those who are watching and listening may be edified and you may be glorified. In your Son, Jesus, Yahshua, may we pray. Amen. All right. So we got that. Let's go ahead and get into the what we believe. And then we're going to get right into our lesson today. What we believe. The Truth Hour Bible class is an online social media Bible-based ministry where we teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Now, our model, as always, brothers and sisters, is if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Here's what we believe. Number one, we believe in the name of Jesus, but we have no dispute with our brothers and or sisters who choose to use the name Yahshua, or any other variations of the name Jesus before it was translated from Hebrew and Aramaic into Greek and Latin. Again, we have no dispute with our brothers and sisters who choose to do that. Now, here's, here's what we believe, number two. We believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we also believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter, no shrimp, no pork, no catfish, no lobster, or anything that is deemed to be unpermissible for us to eat. And according to the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-Americans and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the world by where the transatlantic slave trade mm -hmm. are indeed the Israelites of the Bible and all the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must still keep the law to the best of our ability. Number, um, where are we at? I think we're at number eight now. We believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. <clears throat> you must be both. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. We don't believe in the cross or images or holidays that originated in the worship of other gods, such as Easter, Christmas, New Year's, or any other holiday that began in the worship of other gods. These are all antichrist, according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what color, race, or nationality. Revelation 7 and 9, brothers, at this time, if you have a hat on or a hair covering, we ask that you remove it. Sisters, if you don't have a head covering, we ask that you go and get a head covering, place it over your head so that we can be in accordance to what's written in the New Testament. First Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses three through six. Any woman praying or prophesying, and this is what we're doing when we're reading the word, we're reading prophecy, must have her head 
covered. I didn't say it. I didn't write it. I'm only reading it. And this is in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Again, it's in the New Testament. So I don't want nobody to say, oh, that's that old. That, that's what they used to do in the Old Testament, that old law. Well, pick up that Bible and read it for yourselves, brothers and sisters. Again, read it for yourselves. Let's talk about today, today's lesson. Um, let's get YouTube up and running, though, first. YouTube in five seconds, four, three, two, one. Thank you, YouTube, for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the six-time National Award-winning POET Radio. Tonight's lesson is The Greatest Story Never Told, Part 2. We're going to show you how Jesus came in the flesh before Mary. Let's read it. Now, we're going to go to Genesis, the 14th chapter, in order to deal with Jesus as he came in the flesh through Mary. He had to appear in the person of someone. And that's where we read about this character in the Bible. We're going to tell you his name in a minute. But in order to deal with him, we got to go straight to the first place. This man who Jesus came in the person of first appeared. In order to do any lesson, in order to teach anything, you must establish first of subject matter and build a foundation. So we're going to build a foundation and talk to you about this man who appeared in the Bible in the Old Testament. And he went by the name of Melchizedek. Again, Melchizedek. Okay. So Genesis 14, 12 through 14. Genesis 14. And we're going to read 12 through 14, and it reads, And they took Lot, Abraham's brother. I'm sorry, Abraham's brother's son. So Lot was Abraham's nephew, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. And there came one that had escaped and told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of memory, the Amorite, brother of Ashul and brother of Anir. And these were confederate with Abraham. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, remember, this is his nephew, but it says his brother, it's his brother's son. And when Abraham heard that his brother's son was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. So here it is now, Abraham is ready to go to war to get his nephew back, right? So now we're going to go ahead to Genesis, the 11th chapter. And again, it said Abraham's brother. First it said Abraham, Abraham's brother's son. Then it said Abraham's brother. Okay. So let's go back and establish something. Let's go to Genesis, the 11th chapter, 26 and 27. Let's establish some of the key characters leading into the meeting of Melchizedek. Genesis 11, 26 and 27. Genesis 11, 26 and 27, and it reads, And Terah lived 70 years and beget Abraham. So you know who Abraham's father is now. <clears throat> Abraham's father is Terah. Terah lived 70 years and beget Abraham, Nahar, and Haran. So Abraham had two brothers, Nahar and Haran. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah beget Abraham, Nahar, and Haran, and Haran beget Lot. So Haran, who is Abraham's brother, had a son named Lot. That would make Lot Abraham's nephew. So we're talking about Abraham's nephew here. Now, let's go back to Genesis, the 14th chapter. <clears throat> there was a war with the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah that led to the captivity of Abraham's nephew, Lot. We just read that. Now, these series of events lead us into the meeting of this man who is known as Melchizedek. Let's go ahead and read it. Genesis 14, 15 through 20. 
Genesis 14, 15 through 20. And it reads, and he divided himself against them. And he and his servants by night and smote them and pursued them to Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot. Again, that's his nephew. And his goods and the women also and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of the Shadalamor and the kings that were with him at the valley of Shiva, which is in the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Wait a minute. Who is this Melchizedek? Remember, the name of this lesson is The Greatest Story Never Told, Part 2. Jesus came in the flesh before Mary. We got to read a little bit more and tell you about this Melchizedek dude. Now, at verse 18, it said, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which have delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Now, wait a minute. There was no Levitical priesthood at this particular time. <clears throat> and I know sometimes we say in order to pay tithes, the Levitical priesthood have to be here. They have to be a Levite. Well, Abraham paid tithes. And Levi was not even in existence yet. So we're going to learn some things on the way to learning something. Let's go to Hebrew. I'm sorry. Let's go to the book of Psalms. The 110th chapter. Let's take another look at this man named Melchizedek in the book of Psalms. The son of God is the only one who is worthy of being compared to the father. But now here's the question. Who is worthy of being compared to the son? or the word, or Jesus. Is there anyone worthy? Let's see how important this man Melchizedek actually was. Let's go to the book of Psalms 110, and we're going to read 1 through 4. The book of Psalms 110, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And it reads, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand. So this is the father talking to the son. Sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Your people shall be willing in the day of your power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Well, wait a minute. We know the importance of the father. And we know the importance of the word or the son. Well, who is this Melchizedek that he should be so important that he is mentioned in the same breath as the father and the son? Even so much that the father told the son that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse five, the Lord at thy right hand shall strike through the kings of the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. Well, wait a minute. When Jesus comes back, this is the prophecy. This is what it's saying is going to happen. Jesus is going to judge the nations and he's going to fill the places with dead bodies. He shall wound the head over many countries. He shall drink the brook in the way. Therefore, shall he lift up the head. This Jesus that was so peaceful. 
and looked at as the lamb led to the slaughter. Ain't coming back as that same lamb that he left. He coming back as a lion. But we want to know about this Melchizedek. And why is he compared to the son? And why is the son compared to him? Could it be that Jesus appeared in the person of Melchizedek when he met Abraham? We got to look into this. This is the greatest story never told, part two. Let's 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 look at this. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, the sixth chapter, and see if we can find evidence. We went to the book of Genesis. We met Melchizedek. He was first introduced in the book of Genesis, the 14th chapter. Then we went to the book of Psalms and found out a little bit more about his attributes. And now we're going to go to the book of Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Can we find any evidence? In the New Testament, about the presence of Jesus in the Old Testament coming in the flesh before he came in the New Testament through Mary. Now, if you go back and watch part one of this lesson, The Greatest Story Never Told, we showed you about the existence of Jesus in his spirit form. Remember, before he was crucified and 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 died he said now father glorify thou me with the same glory i had with you in the beginning so clearly he was here and we read in part one where he was here in the spirit but now we telling you about how and when he came in the flesh before mary genesis the sixth chapter let's go 13, 14, we got to read some more about this Melchizedek. Let's do a little bit of investigating because we know every man born of a woman since Adam. Or after Adam. Had a mother and a father. Is that right? Every human being, flesh and blood that was born after Adam had a mother and a father well let's read about this melchizedek dude abraham uh hebrews the sixth chapter 13 and 14 and it says but when god made promise to abraham because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself saying surely blessing i will bless thee and multiplying i will multiply thee it gets even better don't 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 turn from well let's go back Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Now remember, he said he swore by himself to Abraham, saying that I'm going to bless you and multiply you. Let's read a little bit more about this. Let's go back to Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Genesis 14. Eighteen through twenty, and it reads, "And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham, the Most High God, of the Most High God, professor, possessor of heaven and earth. And and blessed be the Most High God, which have delivered thine enemies into thy own hand." I don't know why this is in my notes to read this again uh let me just double check okay it was in my notes to read again but let's go back to hebrews the sixth chapter 15 through 20. hebrews the sixth chapter 15 through 20 that happens sometimes brothers and sisters but maybe there was something that god wanted us to go back and stress about that now we know melchizedek was here and greeted abraham now we're going to go back to Hebrews, the sixth chapter, 15 through 20. It says, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation 
who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enter into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Here it is again. Jesus and Melchizedek is compared to one another. We got to read a little bit more about this Melchizedek to see why he is so important that the Lord wanted to compare him with his son. We're going to skip over to one chapter, Hebrews, the seventh chapter. Hebrews, the seventh chapter, and we're going to start at verse one and read some more about this Mr. Melchizedek. Hebrews, the seventh chapter, and we're going to start at verse one. And we're going to go, let's go to verse one through three. It says, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness. So king of Salem means king of righteousness. And after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother. Wait a minute. How is a man who's born after Adam said to have no father, no mother? Maybe they're trying to give us clues of something that this Melchizedek was not actually one who was born of a woman. Maybe they're trying to give us clues that this Melchizedek was sent here by the father and put on flesh and blood and appeared to Abraham. Let's read it again. It says, without father, without mother, without descent. He had no descendants, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth the priest continually. Brothers and sisters, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the word was here in the beginning. Before man began to write on paper, the word was already present. And then the word was made flesh and appeared to us in the person of Melchizedek, one who came, who was without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. The only two that we can read about who was here in the beginning is in the book of John 1 and 1. Let's go to the book of John 1 and 1. Who was in the beginning? The book of John 1 and 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Where's Melchizedek? And the Word was with God. Where's Melchizedek? And the word was God. So if Melchizedek is a man who the Bible says has no beginning, has no end of life, has no mother and no father and no descendants, then he can only be one of the two. Let's go down to verse 10. We're still in John, the first chapter. It says, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. It gets even more interesting because it sounds like this man who came in the flesh, who had no beginning or no ending or no mother or no father, Fits the same description as they describe as Jesus, who at verse 10 say he was in the world and the world was made by him. The word was here in the beginning. 
Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Didn't Melchizedek dwell among us? Didn't Jesus dwell among us? And we showed you in part one that Jesus went by many names before he was called Jesus or Yahshua. He was called Lord God. He was called the word. He was called Jehovah, Yahweh. And now we're reading what he was called Melchizedek. Let me show you something else. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, the 23rd chapter. Deuteronomy, the 23rd chapter. We're here to confess to you that the Lord visited this earth and he came in the flesh before Mary. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 23rd chapter. We're going to pick this up at verse 11 through 14. Deuteronomy the 23rd chapter, and we're going to go verses 11 to 14. Now, this is when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They're in the wilderness. They're in the camp. Let's look at what the Lord said to Moses to tell the children of Israel who was in the camp. Deuteronomy 23, 11 through 14. But it shall be when evening comes, he shall wash himself with water. And when the sun is down, he shall come into the camp again. You shall have a place out also outside the camp where you should go forth abroad. And you shall have a paddle upon your weapon. And it shall be when you will ease yourself, do number two. When you shall ease yourself abroad, you shall dig therewith and shall turn back and cover that which cometh out of you. You see how meticulous the Lord is? Have you ever read this before? The Lord said, when you go outside the camp to ease or relieve yourself, do number two, take that paddle with you and when that which is in you comes out of you, I want you to take that paddle and you cover that up with the dirt. Why is the Lord telling them to do that? Let me show you why. It says, for the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp. Wait a minute. In order to walk, you got to have legs. In order to walk, you got to have feet. It says, for the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to give up your enemies before you. Therefore, shall your camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in you and turn away from you. So the first time we read about the Lord walking, is in the book of Genesis, brothers and sisters. Let's go there, book of Genesis, the third chapter. We just read in the book of Deuteronomy, the 23rd chapter, that the Lord was walking in the midst of the camp. Here it is again. Genesis, the third chapter, verse eight. It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So here it is. The Lord is walking in the garden, appearing in the flesh to Adam and Eve. Here it is in the book of Genesis, the 14th chapter. The Lord is appearing in the flesh in the person of Melchizedek. Here it is in the book of Deuteronomy, the 23rd chapter. The Lord is telling you, when you go out there and use the bathroom and you ease yourself, I want you to take a paddle with you and you take it and you cover it up with the dirt. So when I'm walking in a camp, I won't see any unclean thing. So why are we running away from the Old Testament? 
Why are we running away from the scriptures and we say, well, Jesus did away with all that. That's, that was a different, that God of the Old Testament. Don't you know that that God of the Old Testament was none other than the one who came in the New Testament is Jesus. But we so want to run away as if it was a different individual. But that goes to your lack of understanding of the word of God. And that's why it says Jesus don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The only God that man ever dealt with was the one in the book of John who was called the word. He was in the world and the world was made by him. We don't take anything away from the father. The son can't do anything without the father's permission, brothers and sisters. So we don't take nothing away from the son. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter. Who is the one who's called the prince of peace? Because remember, king of Salem. The king of peace, Salam, peace, king of righteousness. But who's the one called the prince of peace and the prince of righteousness? Who is this person? Could it be that the one that came in Genesis that was called the king would also be called a prince when he came in the flesh through Mary? Let's look at this, y'all. Let's look at this. He goes from a king to a prince, back to a king. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Now, I know a lot of people are afraid when they see that the title of the lesson is Melchizedek, and that's why I didn't put Melchizedek in the title. But when you start seeing names that are foreign to you, you know the name Jesus. But when you see the name Melchizedek, well, what is Black Eyes talking about? What, what, what is this Melchizedek? Who is he talking about? What is he doing? Is this some type of cult? We read not in the Bible. We're showing you who this Melchizedek really is. We are in the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter. And we're going to read two verses, six and seven. And it reads, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Salem. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we got this connection that is going on here. Jesus without uh, an earthly father. John 1 and 1, the word was here in the beginning with God. King of Salem, Melchizedek, no beginning, no ending, without mother, without father. Let's keep on reading it, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, the seventh chapter, and we're going to read verses 3 through 11 this time, right? Remember, human beings have parents. So if this man had no parents, although he was in, came in the flesh and blood and manifested in flesh and blood, who was he, brothers and sisters? We showing you that this was God in the flesh. Let's read it. Hebrews 7, 3 through 11. Hebrews 7. And we're going to read 3 through 11. And it reads, 
without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth the priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of his spoils. And verily they that are the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. So here it is, Levi is a descendant of Abraham. He's the priest, came out of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. But before the Levitical priesthood came, before Abraham was paying tithes, it's verse six, he said, but he who whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here, men that die receive tithes. The Levitical priesthood, they die, but they receive tithes. But there he received them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also, who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. So because he came through the loins of Abraham and Abraham paid tithes, that's to say that Levi also paid tithes, the one who tithes were supposed to be given to. So today we say, some say, if it ain't no Levitical priesthood, we ain't supposed to pay tithes. It wasn't no Levitical priesthood when Melchizedek was here, when Abraham paid tithes. So that argument goes out the door. Verse 10, it says, but he was yet in the loins of his father, talking about Levi, when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, and perfection is not by the Levitical priesthood, it said, for under it the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? So here it is, brothers and sisters. The Israelites and Levi gave the people the law through Moses and Aaron by the way of the Lord Jehovah, Yahweh. Here it is, they administered the law to the people. They collected tithes. But here it is, they said, another priest should rise up and he won't be a Levite. Because that was the office of the priesthood. You could only be a priest at that time if you were from the sons of Levi or the sons of Aaron, the Levitical priesthood. But it's going to show you that Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. He didn't come from the Levitical priesthood, but he was the high priest of the Most High. Melchizedek wasn't a Levite, but he was a high priest of the Most High. You, do you see where this is going, brothers and sisters? The direction that this is going is that we follow man when we should be following God. And that's why we did a lesson back in the day called, are you following the master or are you following your pastor? When we can remove Levi to the side, when we can uh, uh, move pastor and preacher and bishop and minister to the side and have a direct connection to God through his word, brothers and sisters. This is what God is pointing us to. 
At the end of the day, God is no respecter of person. It's not going to be who you are born from, whether you an Israelite or a non-Israelite. It's going to be if you keep the statutes, the laws, and the commandments. There's a better order that God is giving us. There's a priest better than the Levitical priesthood that we should follow. That priest came in the person of Melchizedek, later came in a person of Jesus, and now has been glorified back to his father in the beginning, or like he was in the beginning. Let's go ahead and continue reading, brothers and sisters. We're showing you how Jesus came in the person of Melchizedek. We're going to read verses 12 through 15. We're still in Hebrews, the seventh chapter, 12 through 15. It says, for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he who, for he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. But he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness of the unprofitableness thereof, for the law made nothing perfect. Did you hear what it said? The law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh unto God in as much as not without an oath. He was made priest. So, brothers and sisters, now when we get into Jesus, the Messiah. The anointed one. Who shed his blood for the remission of our sins as Hebrews, the. Chapter speaks about. Now we got a chance to be made perfect, being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. Verse 21, it says, For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they were truly, and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. Remember, Jesus is a priest continually. Melchizedek is a priest continually. How can you be a priest continually? Because you live forever. These Levitical priests couldn't be a priest continually because they eventually died like flesh and blood men do. It says, but this man, because he continueth forever, have an unchangeable priesthood. This man, because he continueth forever, have an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Who makes intercession for us? It is Jesus that makes intercession for us. He lives continually and forever. So the priesthood is unchangeable. So who was this priest that came? Who was a priest of the Most High God? If Jesus' priesthood continueth forever and it is unchangeable, that means that priest that went by the name Melchizedek, who Abraham paid tithes to, was none other 
than the one who came in the flesh through Mary as Jesus. But before he came in the flesh through Mary as Jesus, he came in the flesh as Melchizedek. This is the greatest story never told, brothers and sisters. Verse um, 26, it says, For such a, such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Who is this Melchizedek, brothers and sisters? The greatest story never told. Now, what did Jesus say? Did he just start when he came through Mary. We want to put Jesus on a witness stand and see what he said. Revelations 22, 12 and 13. Revelations 22, 12 and 13. Jesus, how long have you been here? Revelations 22, 12 and 13. He said, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So if he's the first, there was none before him. We're talking about as it pertains to Adam and every human being that came after him. Jesus was here before them all. He was in the beginning with the Father. Let's keep on reading. Let's go to the book of Luke 22, 15 through 20. Luke 22, 15 through 20. We talked about the bread and the wine that Melchizedek gave Abraham. Remember, it was bread and wine. Let's see what Jesus did in Luke 22, 15 through 20. Luke 22, 15 through 20. And it reads, and he said unto them with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I would not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say unto you, I would not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took the bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. 20. Likewise, also the cup after the supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. He gave them bread and he gave them wine. See, Jesus is called the rock. He's called the tree of life. He's also called the lamb. See, when Moses and the children of Israel were eating the Passover, they took a lamb and they killed the lamb on the 14th day of the first month at evening. A lamb without spot and without blemish. See, whenever Jesus was not present in the flesh, it was the lamb that replaced him. But when Jesus was here in the flesh, there was no need for the lamb because the lamb was present. So all you needed, therefore, was the bread and the wine. So Melchizedek, the lamb of God, the lamb being present, only offered the bread and the wine to Abraham. Jesus, the lamb being present, only offered the bread and the wine to his disciples because the lamb was already there. Brothers and sisters, y'all let me know. Y'all kind of quiet now. Y'all let me know if y'all getting this or maybe I just can't see the comments because I, the last comment that I see is from Sister Krista Wells when she said, good evening, family. But um, let me know what you all are thinking about tonight's lesson. Again, 
Melchizedek, without mother, without father, without beginning, without end, ending. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, just like Jesus went by the name Jehovah in the Old Testament, he also appeared to Abraham as Melchizedek in the Old Testament. We're going to close this thing out in the book of First Peter, the first chapter, 19 through 21. Now, we started out in the book of Genesis, the fourth chapter. We went to Psalms 110, and then we went to the book of Hebrews. So we went both Old Testament and New Testament. But let's go to 1 Peter 1, 19 through 21 and see what this says. 1 Peter 1, 19 through 21. And it reads, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, before the foundation of the world, he was foreordained. See, back here, and I don't know if y'all can see it. Right? That right there is a license. So not only am I a licensed minister, I'm an ordained minister. Right? So, when you're being ordained, you're being ordained into a priesthood. So let's read this again. Of Jesus, it says at verse 20, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. See, if you don't have faith and if you have don't have hope, brothers and sisters, it is over with. You remember the Roman God, the centurion, who said, one of my servants is sick, Jesus. Can you please heal him? And Jesus said, I'll come. He said, no, no, I'm not even worthy of you to come in my house. You just say it and I know that he will be healed. That man had faith. Brothers and sisters, when we have faith, we can overcome anything that this life throws us, even death. We all got to give up this flesh and blood body. But Jesus is our example. Melchizedek is our example. You want to be like Melchizedek? You want to be like Jesus? And have no ending? And live forever? He said that I came to give you life that you may have it more abundantly. What's more abundant than everlasting life? So brothers and sisters. The reason why this lesson is so important is because at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. But in order for you to know him, we've got to go back and show you who he really is. Not just the one who came through Mary and lived 33 and a half years, but know the Jesus that was here in the beginning with God and the one who was called God, the one who walked in the garden in the midst of Adam and Eve, the one who walked in the camp of the Israelites when they were in the wilderness, the one who appeared to Abraham in the form of Melchizedek, the one who came in the flesh through Mary, which John 1 and 10 said he was in the world and the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. So if you want to pass this audition, because this life is nothing more than an audition to see if you can play the role, the best role that you can ever play, which is the role of everlasting life. This life is a school 
to see if we can pass this grade so that we can graduate into everlasting life and be like our big brother Jesus. Because this Bible says that if we make it, if we have faith, if we believe, if we keep his word, his statutes, laws, and his commandments, then we will become heirs. Not only heirs, but joint heirs with Christ. So everything that the Father gave him, we have access to be given the same thing. So just like Jesus in the beginning was with God and he was God, and now he's restored back to that same position that he had in the beginning, which was God. If you want to be God too, children of the most high God, didn't he say you are all God's children of the most high God? If you want that position, we got to pass this audition and we got to graduate from this role into our next role. Brothers and sisters, I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. This has been the greatest story never told, part two. Jesus came in the flesh as Melchizedek before he came in the flesh through Mary. We're going to close this thing out as we always do in the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, the sixth chapter. And this is how the Lord commanded us to bless his sheep. Number 622 through 27, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons, saying, On this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, and you are the children of Israel. So we're saying this to bless you on behalf of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And we shall put the Lord's name upon us. And the Lord will bless us. That's his promise. But you got to have faith. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Now, for those who are on YouTube, if you have a Facebook page, go and follow our page, The Truth Hour Bible Class. If you are on YouTube, then go and like our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. Again, Truth Hour TV. If you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Again, 312-719-7310. And before we go on here, I know I've been slipping when it comes to texting you guys, but I got to get back on it. But for a while, they were blocking my texts because I'm sending out too many text messages at one time. So I got to get back on that. So maybe I need to update that list because I know some people don't want to receive the text. So I got to remove those new people. So I'll tell you what, this is what you're going to do. If you'd like to be added 